having this incredible belief that, wow, I have the power, I have the intelligence, I have the grit and desire to do something that is going to change the world. How exciting is that? Welcome back, everybody. Rich Free Baker, Shanghai-based mission-driven entrepreneur, here today with another episode of the Sustainable Ambassador Podcast. Today, I'm really happy to be joined by a true visionary of the impact investment space, Doreen Shanaz. She is the founder of the Impact Investment Exchange, IAX, which is home of the world's first social stock exchange and one of the world's largest crowdfunding platforms for impact investing. Doreen is also the author of the upcoming book, The Defiant Optimist. Daring to Fight Global Inequality, Reinvent Finance, and Invest in Women. Check it out in the link below. Doreen, Thank you very much for taking the time to join myself and the community. And as a starting point, it'd be great if you could offer personal introduction, the work that you've been doing and the mission that you're on. Right. Well, thank you, Rich. Thank you for having me. And uh, hello to everyone. I founded IX 14 years ago and uh, really with the mission to make finance do good. I'm originally from Bangladesh and uh, grew up there in the Philippines. And for me, that was really a great way to kind of see what it means to live in a developing country where the people, the policies, the government, the civil society, the private sector, all of them are very dependent, frankly, on, um, I would say, the global north. And for me, what was really revolutionary was when I went to university in the US and I found out the fact that, you know, the world really revolves around one thing and which is the financial markets and the financial markets, which are all obviously controlled from the US, from New York. So for me, it really was how do I learn about this powerful system and be able to use that for the 99%. So I always say my career really has been about connecting the Wall Street to Backstreet and IX is really a manifestation of that. As a starting point, what, what were the things that you were seeing through your childhood, through these things that you think are core to who you are? And then how did you take that into finance? Because finance is the probably the, the opposite end of this. How do those two things happen? And how, how does that collide in your mind? You know, I think for me, it really was the fact that I always say, um, and as you saw in the book, sort of my first memories really start from the liberation war of Bangladesh. So I was three years old. And, and I think post-war, um, the country was completely destroyed. And I think growing up in a post-war uh, country where everyone had an opinion from the global north how the country should be developed. I think for me, there was a lot of probably, I was not conscious of it then, but when I look back now, there was this always this understanding that, you know, what it means not to have power. And I think what also was very evident, um, again, when you grow up in a, in a poor country, I think, or in an underserved uh, community, I think wherever you are, I think you become very conscious of what you don't have and what others have. And if when they have that, uh, they have power over you. Again, the manifestation of that happens in different ways. And uh, for me, one of those manifestations was, frankly, money you know, and finance. Yeah. So sort of saying, hey, if you actually have money, you know, what does that mean? And how do you do you basically retain that power? I have a story about how, um, you know, I came, you know, I, I was from a middle class family. And of course, that felt for me like we had so much. And uh, we used to get this rice in ration, you know, everything was kind of, we had to get through ration cards. Mm. And um, if you were not registered with the government, you didn't get anything. So yeah. because again, the food was very scarce. And I remember when we when my grandmother you know, used to have us share the rice, you know, with the poor people who used to come to our gate. I remember it was just, it felt very, very 
sort of strange for me, the fact that, again, and it was a country filled with poor people. And I think the fact that um, we had this power, you know, and yeah. power of the transaction. And um, and I really, I think that sort of stayed with me, all these um, different ways our power is manifested. So I realized very early on the fact that, you know what, if you can control money and if you can actually find ways to make it good, that is one fantastic way to be able to actually impact millions of people. Well, I, I kind of took that from a few stories that you'd written previously about how that led to the founding of IAX, which I think at the time was called Asia Impact Exchange. Now is IAX because you're much more of a global platform. Can you talk about the genesis of how did you see this as a way to tackle that problem? For me, it really was that I'm going to change a financial system that really connects the back street to Wall Street. So what I had to do was not only create a company, but actually create a whole sector. That really meant that we were going to approach IAX from two buckets, from two, two ways. You know, one was mainstreaming the concept of impact, meaning we will do a lot of research, we will actually measure the impact, and very, very importantly, teach people and what it means. So we actually yeah. have a vibrant institute where we had over 9,000 students have gone through it. We have produced over 200 research papers on various aspects, making finance to good, innovative finance, sectoral studies, etc. And then again, of course, the impact measurement, which is sort of the DNA of our work. Yeah. Now, on the other side, we said, you know what, this is all about mainstreaming impact, but then we also right. are going to mobilize capital. And this is where, again, um, you know, we created the first social stock exchange uh, for the Mauritian government. We also created um, our own exchange, which is the Impact Partners Platform, where we to date have now raised over $160 million on that. Um, and then what we also saw was we had, you know, some small funds, but very importantly, I realized that for us, the crux of our work was actually, um, there are three things, which was putting women front and center of capital mm -hmm. markets. The second was the underserved community. And the third was climate action. Mm -hmm. And I realized that no matter how we were pushing and making all this work happen, women were still falling behind. So I said, you know what, let's go at it full force, which is we created these bonds um, focused on women's livelihood. And that is, again, very, very important because you have to understand it is really connecting the women in the last mile mm -hmm. to that institutional investor sitting in New York. So yeah, it was a rough journey, but we managed <laughs> to do it. Now we have five bonds in the market. Um, so the Great. first one, 50 million, and now we're doing a $100 million bond. But one thing I want to emphasize, Rich, for your audience is the fact that we have now put out $300 million plus in the market, and we haven't had a single default in 14 years. That's amazing. And it is amazing. And you know why it's amazing? Because we actually put women front and center. Mm. And all the financial, like now, as we know, the financial markets are in turmoil. Um, and I have to say, I'm having a bit of a schadenfreude moment because sure. the reality is we haven't lost a single cent. Sure, and sure. we haven't lost a single cent. And I'll tell you why. It's not because we're lucky or, oh my God, you don't do real stuff. We do very real stuff. Really is because we have found the holy grail of looking at finance from three dimensions. Sure. We actually managed to pull in the whole notion of impact. So yeah. we look at risk, return, and impact, which has allowed us to understand the deeper impact you have, it actually reduces risk. And how do you right. have deeper impact? Right, right. Right? If you have women as a part of the equation, you can't be talking about climate change, climate action, you know, climate resilience oh, sure. without having part of the population part of it. Yeah. Right? So it has kind of worked for us. And we have That's shown great. that it can be all normalized. What you're doing, correct me if I'm wrong, is you're bringing in a lot more information into the investment decision that you believe is improving the investment decision. Is that what's making your financial products better? 
Is that what's... Um, so we have actually three um, tech platforms. Obviously, the FinTech platform with the impact measurement platform. And also, of course, we have the Institute, which is also a platform. And what we do is we really spend a lot of times on the data analysis. But I do yeah. feel on top of the data and the risk return and impact um, methodology that we follow based on the data. Another big thing also, Rich, is the fact that we have representation. You cannot be you know, sitting in the global north and saying yeah. that you're evaluating a company, you know, oh, I'm from New York. Yes, I'm, I'm part of a impact assessment or impact fund and we're investing in the Philippines and you know everything about the Philippines. No, you don't. So I think the reality is it representation and actually working with the locals and being there and being available and having your foot in the ground is also very important. Yeah. Um, and I think those are things that matters. You can't make this a fly in, fly out situation. You have to be committed. You have to be committed and you have to be there, you know, with the people you're trying to work with. Getting to the book and to the core of, of a, being a defiant optimist, who I think, if I remember correctly, you said in your first TED presentation in 2012, 2014, uh, when I was looking back at this, what in your mind is a defiant optimist and how are they different than others? You know, for me, I honestly think a defiant optimist is who has this incredible vision um, to create positive global change that is beyond that self. It is not about sort of saying, okay, I'm going to go and make a lot of money and then I'm going to go and give that away. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fantastic. You want to do that. But it really doesn't change anything uh, in terms of the system. It's, so it's really taking... Yeah on a system, uh, which is very difficult, and having the basically the audacity to be able to push on that system, even when everyone is saying that you're Otherwise. crazy. But I think it really is that it has to go beyond you. And it mm -hmm. has to be something that is about changing a system to make it work for everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, or else it just, you know, it doesn't work. And I feel like, honestly, more than the, the destination, it's that journey. Having this incredible belief that, wow, I have the power. I have the intelligence. I have the grit and desire to do something that is going to change mm -hmm. the world. You know, yeah. how exciting is that? So. <laughs> So yeah, so I'm just a little crazy maybe as well, but but that kind of works. And um, okay. and you know it's very interesting, Rich. So we um we were actually saying you know people who who really succeed at IAX, what are the qualities? And we at last it took us a number of years, but we at last mm. synthesized it. Okay, and it's very mm. it's very nice, which is we realized the acronym for it is Prem, P R E M, right? Which is love in Hindi, in Bengali, in Sanskrit. So. It's basically people who encompass love, okay? Mm. And the P stands for passion. So you have to have mm. that passion um, to do good, you know, to do good with something that you're doing. R is for resilience. There'll be a million things that'll go wrong, but you'll say, doesn't matter. You know what? I am charting yeah. ahead, right? And thirdly, believe in actually an equitable society, to actually believing in equality. You believe that mm -hmm. women in the last mile should be at the table with that investor from New York, right? Yeah. So you have to believe that and you have to believe in that equality and you have to believe that women actually are not victims, but the solution providers. And the last one is being a being a maverick because you have to be, right? So I think you have to be a little different to be able to push on a system to be changed. To be a maverick, it's like someone, it, it, you're willing to break out, you you just continue to push through these challenges. And, and a lot of times you're fueled by a passion, but you're also drawn by a Like you believe kind of in those two middle things. Like I, I'm going to change the world for this specific reason. And that also boosts you. 
But mm -hmm. is that enough for you? Like those are the principles that you hold core. Are those principles enough to maintain that commitment through a constant challenge? Or are there other things that need to come in along the way that you found are really helpful? Well, I think, you know, um, you have, you need to have a North Star. And I always tell people that, you know, and some people get it through religion. Um, and they're us who basically, you know, get it through us actually doing it through action, right? So right. you need that North Star to say, where are you heading? Mm -hmm. And where are you going? And um, mm -hmm. and trust me, even with the North Star, you will have things happen in your life, <laughs> which will actually um, throw you off. And for me, yeah. there were a lot of personal things that has happened. And it just made me even more determined. Mm -hmm. um, it was almost like, damn it, you know, I will do it. So I do think that um, what we are proving is the fact that and especially with our work, and if you are going to be a defined optimist, you need to have a thick skin and you need to be able to say you are who you are. You know, it's not man, yeah. woman, whatever, but you are who you are and you are basically pushing forward with the mission to actually be doing something awesome. But every time you meet a point of resistance like that, how do you then go back to the organization? Okay, we're going to we're gonna make a shift so that we can we can move around this because it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, so as I said, you know, the first is anger. Second is um, sort of this reaction that, okay, you know, we're going to crush you. And the third actually is, okay, let's not be practical. How are you going to do this? Yeah. So it's the third actually is, and I have to say, um, this is something we are very deliberate about, which is every meeting, every encounter, every, everything we do, we do a lot of research, even in a situation like that. And it's the same organization now, which of course we are doing massive amounts of work with. And how did it turn around? Because I stepped back and I literally drew out on the whiteboard what the situation is. Who are the players? Why are they saying this? Who are the competitors? Who is saying what? Who is doing what? Right. And it very, you know, soon you'll see if you step back and you do that kind of the strategic mapping, you will see that you will find the Achilles heel of the person or the, of the organization. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to you to kind of say with your work, how can you go after that and basically be able to turn it around and, and make it, them realize that they actually need you. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a very different conversation. And I think really being able to, we're human, we will have the emotional reaction, we'll have the emotional yeah, kind of outburst, but of then course. it's all actually has to be objective. Transitioning a little bit to the, yeah. to the entrepreneurs that you work with, um, how many defined optimists are out there and what are the challenges that they're facing right now that you're trying to help them with? So there's thousands, right? And that's the, that's the I would say, the most rewarding part of it all, that there are thousands and thousands of defined optimists out there. What we're seeing is actually in every single sector, we're seeing this, be it in agriculture, be it in healthcare, be it in education. There are a lot of interesting solutions that we are seeing in terms of really addressing this whole notion of equity and the notion of actually going out there and being inclusive um, with the solution, the business solution. I was uh, spending time with this um, enterprise and entrepreneur who I was blown away. She was amazing. They're creating uh, meat replacement from mushroom. Of course, you know, she had the exact challenges, you know, being a woman and being in the space, et cetera. But what was really interesting for me to see was how when she was approaching this, how she was thinking about it in a very holistic way. And she's like, oh, this is what I want to do. And then, you know, I'm working with these farmers with a mushroom. And then, you know, with this entity and then I'm bringing in so-and-so. So I was sitting there and I was thinking, it really is so refreshing to hear an entrepreneur who actually is not just thinking about her own organization, but really is thinking about an entire ecosystem mm -hmm. that they can influence. So right. I think 
it is refreshing for me that there are others, there are thousands and thousands of other entrepreneurs out there who we are working with, who are thinking of things that are very more holistic, um, yeah. who are thinking the fact that, you know, they realize it's, I cannot be creating fake meat out of mushroom if I don't help the mushroom farmers, right? right, right if I right. don't actually think of the whole value chains. So right. I do think that that is a change that's happening to the mm -hmm. space. Oh, it feel, makes me feel really good. I have to say, it makes yeah. me feel really good. And but it's a different challenge. And you've built a couple ecosystems yourself, and you're talking to entrepreneurs who are doing the same. What's the what's the additional challenge there? And by doing so, are you slowing down your potential ability to have an impact as an organization? Rich, you are thinking very traditional way. The reality is, if we have to win a fight to create a system that works for everyone, mm. it's a marathon. And we all need to run together. It's not about me just pushing everyone aside and right. running for the finish line. That's no winning. Yeah, yeah. So when you say slow, I don't even understand the word. Mm. Um, for me, it's the fact that how amazing is it that as I'm growing, everyone else is growing with me. And you know what? That makes me very strong. So for me, it's like, I don't know if slow is the word. It's more like, wow, how rewarding it is that you're creating such a deep impact. What are two or three things you want to see in the next five years happen? And what are you doing today to kind of set up the foundation for that to happen? So for us, it's really important that as we have green bonds, that we have orange bond and orange bond that actually, again, is getting started in the global South and uh, being a part of a financial system, which it is now. And for that to grow and <clears throat> the fact that all of us acknowledging you cannot have green without orange. For me, that is very important. And if you're talking to a young, defiant optimist trying to figure out their place in the world, what are two or three pieces of advice you'd give them to help them get a little bit further along their path? You know, I'm actually going to say something very boring and I'll sound like a mom. You have to be defined optimist with a reality check as well. So, which means that you actually need to have a skill set. I am a true believer in education. And I do believe the fact that you need to have the tools to go and solve the problems. So I do think you need to have the skill sets, you need to have the understanding of the world, and you have to have the North Star. So mm. get ready and then go out and take it on. But again, always having that North Star. Thank you very much. You're doing amazing Thank you. work. Really, appreciate really, it. really appreciate it.